Hey everyone, and welcome to the Relentless Youth Ministry Methods podcast. We chose the name Relentless because of its focus on a constant pursuit of first and foremost, our relationship with God, and second, the sacrifice it takes to see any ministry grow and be sustainable. When God gives us a vision, we must be relentless in our obedience and dedication to see it come to pass. Thank you for taking the time to stop by and check us out. We pray that you find something encouraging and helpful while you're here. And now it's time for this week's episode. Welcome back, everyone. We are on week three of our Relentless Youth Ministry podcast. And I want to start this podcast with saying thank you. I noticed on our Facebook page, we posted a thank you on there. And the reason why is because you guys have so graciously lended your ears to listening to what we have to offer. And we could not be more grateful grateful for that. Um, if I want to just mention this. We have 87 total plays and also... Um, people from Ohio, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Wisconsin, Iowa, California, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia have listened in, and I pray and hope that it was helpful to you in some way, shape, and form. So again, I say thank you. Today we are going to begin this session Um, Again, staying in the same vein as we have the last one, and that was building relationships and kind of the first one. And I feel like I've said that way too much over this podcast, building relationships. But today is we're going to be focusing on parents, building effective relationships with parents and youth ministry. I think when it comes to your parents, this is huge. And the reason why this is huge is because, as we all know, most teenagers, especially you know, between seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, they they can't bring themselves. They can't drive, um, but their parents bring them. And so, what relationship you build with their parents really determines their participation. It determines their attendance. And even youth ministries, even that the kind that I've been a part of, where you're taking the vans and you're going out and picking up young people, um, it's it's still something that needs to be focused on when it comes to building a relationship with parents because they don't always have to let their kids go. And sometimes, you know, you do have parents who don't care where their kids are or they look at church as a time or, or play, a place to babysit their, their kids while they get some free time on a Wednesday night. And that's not totally a, a bad thing for the parent, if you will. Um, and that's a whole other topic of how youth ministry is perceived and what have you and what we know it is and what it isn't. But the big thing I'm trying to get here or trying to get us to understand is building that relationship with the parent will dictate their child's participation in your youth ministry. Um, Today, I'm super excited because we have a very good friend of mine, and we're going to be talking about parents and youth ministry from a couple of perspectives today. And this friend of mine is from Michigan. He hails from the great state of Michigan. (laughs) And I can hear all of Ohio groan. Um, but he's from Michigan. This is the Nate Howe. He is the international recording artist. <laughs> and no, for real, he, he's amazing at music and what God has gifted, in, gifted him with and the talents God has given him. He's on our worship team. He is a parent here at our church. And I was privileged to uh, have his young people uh, a part of our youth ministry. And even that, even more so, work with him as a part of our team. He was a part of our youth team. So, Nate, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. And we're going to ask Nate some questions later on 
in the podcast. Um, but before we do that, we're going to jump into the first half of what we're discussing today, and that is communication. Communication. So building relationship with parents, one of the number one things that I found to be the most effective in doing that, in, in garnering the trust of parents into your youth ministry and into yourself as a leader, is advanced communication. I think parents, especially in the day and age we're li- living in, and parents with multiple kids, they got school, they have so many extracurricular activities that happen in school when it comes to sports, when it comes to band. And so one of the things that really can get a parent on your side is advanced communication. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things I would do, and I think some other youth ministries do it, one thing that I did was a parent meeting at the beginning of every year. And I would do this parent meeting. And in that meeting, we would have our calendar for the entire year. And we would have our, with all of our events and with all of our dates, and then we would just tell them about things that they, that their young people would need for whatever it was, if it was camp, if it was a youth conference, and try and give as much information as we could ahead of time. And I can't tell you how many times I had parents come up to me and say, thank you so much for doing that, because now we're going to put it into our master family calendar. And it enables us to make sure that our kids are participating that they're attending, and it shows to the parent that you care about them, that you are invested into not just their young people, but into their into the into themselves as parents. And in addition to this, that trust goes hand in hand with understanding what role we play as a youth pastor and as a youth team and as a youth ministry. I've said this to a lot of parents. We've had meetings, and, you know, one of the things I would say to them is, we're here to partner with you. I can't be your child's parent. You know, that, that's what you do. And you play a role as well as I play a role in the well-being of your child's spirituality and their life. And it's more than just spiritual. Um, but we're, we're a team, and I, I'm going to do whatever I can to help you. And that the word I like to use was partner. I'm here to partner with you. And what do you need from me? And what can I do to help make the process of these teenage years a little bit more bearable? Because I think we all know the parent was a teenager at one point. I was a teenager at one point. We know that those teenage years can be very, very difficult. And critical. Um, And critical. Do you want to expound on that? I do want to expound on that, actually. Um, Only speaking from my perspective as it relates to the process in finding a new church, and finding a new church with teenagers, soon to be teenagers at the time, the things that I were looking for and that I was looking for is one, how spiritual is the youth ministry? You know, is this something that they could go to church and actually feel like they learned something biblical? Two, two is uh, opportunities for involvement, something that they could go to church or something that they could feel ownership when Saturday night came around, they, that they'll know that they have something that they have to be involved in, that they look forward to be involved in. And then three, I wanted the youth pastor or the youth leader to be something that my wife and I could not or cannot be. Um, there's only some, as a parent, there's so many things that you could do. Um, they look at you 
that they see you every day and they look at you in a certain way, but some things that just don't let you in on, and you know, you, you don't want to pry into their lives in certain areas. And, you know, that's fine that for them to have their freedom and their, their alone time. But in that process, I was looking for somebody who can, or something that could also fill the gaps in where my wife and I couldn't, um, be there for them. Awesome. If that makes any sense. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And, um, and your insight is, especially for this podcast and for this topic is so valuable. Um, we're going to get to d- a little bit later too, talking about how a youth leader's relationship with the parent, especially on the volunteer side of it, mm-hmm. um, can just take it to a different level, but critical. I love that word that you used. And, you know, I'm a uh, father of a 18th month old little girl who's congratulations awesome. thank you and thank you she's amazing and she's at that toddler stage where she's beginning to throw fits and what have you and when you use the word critical mm-hmm. you know that i think my mind isn't at critical yet you know um yes i am a little worried when i see her little attitude come out <laughs> but i you know when you said the word critical i just felt like over and, and i'm not even youth pastoring uh, anymore but i think i felt an overwhelming sense of like wow like okay okay um this is this is serious and i think that has to be our mindset continuously i think in any ministry we can and and it should be enjoyed. Ministry shouldn't always be something that I feel like you're depressed about or, I mean, oh, absolutely not. A, a whole nother topic. Right. But I think there are sometimes we have to remind ourselves this, remind ourselves the seriousness of it. And so that word was very heavy and I like it. And I think it's, it's very um, valuable. If I could uh, interject or expound on that part. Go ahead. Um, one thing that I, I know, um, I guess with the changing of the guards, uh, the phrase I used was, um, I, I'm entrusting you with the most prized possession in my life, which is the souls of my children. You know, no, no stress, but. <laughs> yeah, no pressure, right? No pressure. No. Um, and, and, yeah, by the way, I got to say this. I think Nate has got to be one of the best. If any youth pastor had a had to have a parent that they were working with. And I like, and I say working with specifically we're talking with Nate is because that's what it's felt like. I wish that every youth pastor that is listening to this podcast would have a Nate Howe man, in I his life. That. You're too kind, man. Too and kind. I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> I'm serious. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that because you know, you're editing this and all that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. This is your equipment. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I, I really mean that. And I appreciate that. Absolutely. You're welcome. You know, staying in the vein of what we had started off with when it was, uh, when we were talking about communication, you know, I already mentioned the parent meeting, but the other thing was the newsletters. I would try and since, you know, the parent meeting was once a year, but the newsletters were monthly. And I would try and send these out to the parents as best as I could. And in that monthly newsletter was basically just a reiteration of what they have on their calendar. Because I know times get busy, things get busy. And you're not always going to go back to the yearly calendar. Even if you put it into your master calendar, you sometimes need a monthly reminder. And that's what that newsletter was for. And I can't tell you how many times I've had parents who would respond in email. Not all the time and not everyone. But some of them would respond and say, hey, thank you. Thank you for this because, you know, this completely slipped my mind or it's 
something that I forgot. And again, it was another way to build a relationship with the parent as much as you could to where they were willing to bind to you as a person and to where they were willing to buy into your youth ministry. And I think that's what this kind of comes down to is these parents are dealing with schools and um, other extracurricular departments like the band department and the sports department. And so they know what it takes to kind of run a pretty efficient program. And that's what a youth ministry is. It's a program. And so when you're not willing to meet them on that level, um, they'll let you know. And whether that's face-to-face or in a conversation, whether kids just aren't there. And so that's something that I think we as youth pastors and youth ministries have to see the value in, and that is in effectively communicating and doing it in advance as much as we possibly can. Then also text messages as well. I don't know if um, if I had special treatment or not, but I always relied on text messages more than more than the, the newsletters. Even though newsletters gave you all of the information, sometimes I needed it right then, and uh, you were always accessible. Accessible. I mean, that, um, that's a whole other podcast, too. <laughs> Making yourself accessible to your parents, to your kids. Um, you know, when they're texting you, respond as quickly as you can. Um, and I know I haven't always been the best at this, but especially in the, in the moment, and it can be really busy. I, I definitely know it can get really busy. I know when I was serving, um, in state leadership, when I was a part of the UPC, I was a sectional youth leader and the night of the youth rally was always some of the most hectic times because not only was I the sectional leader, but I was a youth pastor. So I was blessed to have a wonderful team. Yeah that I didn't always have to drive the van. I had a van driver that mm-hmm. would drive them. But I would try and be there at our location for the rally like two or three hours ahead of time as much as possible to try and make sure everything went right. And there was plenty of times where being there three hours in advance still didn't stop a hiccup from happening. You right, know? right. But the point I'm getting at is that night would be so hectic because no matter how much, and I don't want to discourage you, I just told you about communicate, 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 but no matter how much you communicated, and this is why I I want to take a side note here. There's no such thing as over communication. And, and I'm specifically talking with youth ministry. You can, and I know there's youth pastors out there right now that are saying, amen. They're yelling in their car, wherever they're at, they're saying, amen. Or as a good friend of mine, says when he's backing up the preacher and some people may get this say it say it say it again <laughs> um so here's what i mean by no such thing is over communication i can tell you how many times i provided the newsletter i provided an announcement i told the kid there's something that goes home on paper and i still get a text or a call the night of the event at the most inconvenient time of what time do i need to be there or what time do i need to drop them off what time do they need picked up and so they were hectic. Those nights with a youth rally whatever, or, or youth service, it, it was really, really hectic. But, like I said before, responding as quickly as po- accessible, being as accessible, responding as quickly as possible. And sometimes it was hard to do. Sometimes I wasn't able to do it. But most of the time, I tried to make sure I did, even if the text was messed up, even if whatever I was doing presently, um, I wasn't able to do it at, at my best ability because I knew how important it was to be accessible and to respond as as quickly as possible. 
Now, we're going to go into a Q&A session, and the first question Nate has already answered. Sorry about that. Which is totally cool. His insight fit perfectly at the, at the part of the podcast where he put it in. Um, the first question I was going to ask was, what do you look for in a youth ministry? And I don't know if you have any other Yeah, points. I kind of do. Um, one thing, I, if you're at a smaller church especially, um, I came from a smaller church prior to coming to Christ Tabernacle. And with that, we wore, we wore a lot of hats. I was an engineer. I was a van driver. I would uh, pray with the people, uh, tarry with them, baptize, and then also you know, youth leader. And after a while, it's kind of overwhelming to wear so many hats. So if you're at a smaller church and you see that there is a, a, a great youth leader and you don't want to have him do so much of the the low or carrying so much of the load, I wanted to make sure I stepped in and to do or to help do anything that was, you know, stress relieving. Yeah. And this is why you need a Nate Howe at every church. <laughs> Sees the need, fills yeah. the need. Cool. So yeah, cause that's the last thing I want is my, my youth leader stressed out over stuff and can't properly teach and be all the things that I want them to be for my children. So, yeah, and I can definitely attest to that. There's many times where uh, when we were, it was game night or Wednesday night, whatever it was, Nate, that was the first thing he'd say to me, what do you need me to do or what can I do? And every time he asked, there was something to be done. So I don't (laughs) know if Nate was. I think he waited. Uh, This is the Nate's list. (laughs) (laughs) It was never, if Nate ever asked, like, you know what, I'm just going to be polite. Um, it, he, there was always something that I, that I needed to be done, but yeah, he, you know, he's not just saying that I know for a fact that that was his outlook. Um, our next question is what kind of relationship do you want to have with the youth leaders? And again, we're doing this Q and a session because we're getting some insight from a parent whose kids are presently in youth ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, his insight and his perspective, and not every parent's the same. We know that we understand that, but I think having a parent's perspective at, in this particular podcast is so vital and gives us some insight that we otherwise wouldn't have. Right, right. So that, that second question, what kind of relationship do you want to have with the leaders? Or do you think that parents should have with their youth I leader? think that is, um, I hate to overuse the word critical, but I will use it again. It's very critical to have a some kind of relationship with the youth leader because um, like I stated earlier, this is the most um, valued thing that I'm in possession of is the souls of my children, <laughs> you know. So if that is the case, why would I not have a great relationship or as best of a relationship as possible? Yeah, I, I agree. I You know, I God forbid, I'm thinking so ahead now when Isabella is a, a teenager. <laughs> um, I, I definitely see the value in that because even if you may not agree with that youth leader, you know, if, if the, if the church is where God has called you to be, I firmly believe that, you know, God's not going to put us in situations that are, you know, um, where we shouldn't be. If he called us to be there, we're supposed to be there. Right. Um, but even, even still, if there's a youth leader that maybe you're like, you know what, I'm not real sure the best way to figure that out is to, you know, build a relationship with that youth leader. Absolutely. And um, so in the beginning, it could be, you know, look, I'm just saying hi to you because I, I don't know you. <laughs> no, no. I don't trust you. 
And then over time, you know, that youth leader earns your trust. Mm-hmm. And then you can say, you know what, I'm here and I talk to you on Sunday and Wednesday now in the hallway after church having a pleasant conversation because now I do like you. Right. But you right. wouldn't, but that wouldn't have gotten there had you not been willing to have and that And I think another thing from, for a parent is to invite the youth leader and his family over for dinner, you know, once, twice, every week, whatever, whatever it takes just to get to know them and for them to know you yeah i you know we've done that Nate's again yeah. nate's not just saying that he did <laughs> and by the way he can gr- he can grill out with the best oh, of them stop it i mean that i, I really do um and not to say that i'm a, a grill out <laughs> connoisseur if that's even a thing but anyways um great food by the way um if you're looking for somebody to grill out for your birthday parties your weddings i'm kidding <laughs> i'm kidding um but yeah, invite them over for dinner, build that relationship with them. And that relationship, though, it produced so much because, again, we're going to get to it at the end of the podcast about Nate um, being a parent, but also being on the youth team. You know, there was a couple of times Nate brought some concerns to me. And and this is just the truth of it. If somebody else would another somebody else on the youth team would have brought a concern to me about something, um, you know, they may see in the youth group or what have you. I'm going to receive it a little bit more seriously from Nate. And part of that is because he's a parent. He's a parent. Um, and, and that's something that I think as youth leaders, youth pastors, you have to, you have to consider when a parent is talking to you about a concern, um, whether it's with their child, maybe something they're going through or with, you know, the way the youth ministry is going. Don't, don't ignore that because they're, coming to you and you right there in that moment is a important part of their trust in you. And so listen to them, you know, make them feel like you are consider. Don't, and again, I'm not saying being fake, genuinely consider what they're saying and, and value their input. And they're going to see things maybe you don't see and take into consideration what it is that they feel the need to bring to you. Uh, the third question we have, Nate, for you is, what annoys you the most? That's a hard one right there. About youth ministry. And I, I want you to think hard because, you know, I think as youth pastors, youth leaders, youth ministers, I think anyone in any ministry, in any profession, I don't like calling ministry a profession, but I just mean whatever you're doing, you should always look and reevaluate yourself and what you're doing and how you run whatever you're doing to see what you can do better. And from a parent's perspective, what annoys you the most about youth ministry and the reason why we're asking that again too is so we can communicate on this podcast what not to do something that we can avoid um and i don't even know if it has much to do with uh the staff or the leadership i think the thing that comes to mind and this isn't really zeroing anybody out but when there's one or two uh, quote-unquote bad eggs in the bunch that may disrupt classes or um, an event. And it kind of takes away, I think, the experience that my kids could possibly have. I think that's the thing that probably could be annoying. That's if you have, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, And I guarantee every person yeah. listening to this in their youth yeah. ministry, whether they're youth pastor, youth leader, or... They just were, they're in youth group right now, or they were in youth group. They could all, when you said bad egg, there's a name that popped into everybody's <laughs> mind. No, um, I know that for, 
not zero anybody out. I know, but <laughs> a lot of people got zeroed in on him. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I can definitely see that, you know? Um, and I'm, again, I'm thinking from a whole nother perspective myself as being a parent, obviously, again, my 18th month old is not in youth group, you know, they're not, you know, dealing with that stuff yet, but I definitely could see the frustration from a parent saying, look, if I am bringing my kid, yep. you know, if I'm going out of my way to drop my kid off and I'm yep. paying this money for them to go to this youth event, you know, I don't want them being put in a room on a youth conference with, you know, the bad egg and the bunch, the right. kid that's going to be a distraction or, you know, if I'm going to spend the gas money and, and, and we're certainly, I'm not saying that parents are going to value their children's soul off of how much they're paying to get to church. No, no, no of course but not. of course not, but definitely, I, like you said at the very beginning, when we asked the question, what do you look for in a youth ministry? You want it to bring value yeah. to your children. And so as, as youth leaders, we need to know that, you know, because we have to do what we can to, to do something different about those kids who may not be there for the right reason. And coming from a, um, a church in Michigan where we had hundreds of teenagers, like literally, and I always think back on even, you know, in my mid years, I think back to my teenage years, like how fun those years were and the memories that were created then. And uh, I mean, maybe that's me being a little overprotective, but, you know, I want them to have awesome memories, too, as a teenager, you know, more than just, you know, being taught there's you know something for their soul, but something that they can remember and cherish. Yeah. And I, th- I think anyone who has any fond or good memories of youth ministry has those, right? Yeah, Yeah, we're definitely going to remember the times we were at the altar seeking the Lord when Mm -hmm. God called us to the ministry, when God called us to do things. But we're also going to remember the fun times we had. And especially at that pivotal age, you know, youth ministry can be fun. We know that. It doesn't always have to be uh, something that is always so serious. But I, I liked your answer to that question, though, because, you know, if we're youth leaders and we're looking at, we're looking at what causes parents to be annoyed the most, then it should and it should encourage us, challenge us to make the necessary changes. So I know one of the things we did here, and we're going to talk about this too later on um, at a different time um, when it comes to like administration of youth ministry, but a policy. Poli- mm-hmm. I'll be honest mm-hmm. with you. Where I came from in youth ministry, um, we did not have a policy and procedure manual, but here we do. And that is because our, our pastor um, instructed us, encouraged us to do it. And it was, a, it was a pain to do because, you know, it can be very laborious. But afterwards, it, there's an answer for everything, right, you know, right. for every issue that you encounter. And so one of the policies in our policy and procedure was a discipline policy. And so now we have something that we can use to help those bad eggs, if you will, or to, and I don't like to say weed them out necessarily, um, but to definitely say, look, we need to address this. And this person is being a distraction to the whole. And instead of having to take that kid out every Wednesday night or, you know, you're having to find a way to tell that kid that they're ineligible to go on the youth <laughs> trip <laughs> besides the truth of the matter. And that is, look, kid, you're annoying. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it enables us to say, look, what can we as a youth ministry do on our part to right. make sure right. that we are providing the best environment as a whole for all of our kids to receive at the highest level uh, that they can receive at. So thank you. Um, Another question is how, and you've kind of mentioned this already before too, but how can a youth leader help you in the process of raising 
your teens, your youth, your young people? Um, <clears throat> zeroing out uh, our church, I guess. Uh, it was kind of awesome having a uh, youth pastor and yourself and your wife also being a part of that uh, ministry. Um, because me being a guy and having a daughter, a teenage daughter, a lot of times there's uh, things that I just can't relate to at all and we would be at odds. And my daughter being uh, somewhat emotional at times um, will be a challenge. So having your wife to sit and talk with her and to get to know her and to just to listen, be a sounding board and whatever else, give some advice from a female perspective, I think is awesome. Yeah, and I, my wife, she's amazing, and she's going to be on this podcast uh, soon enough, soon enough. She already does the intro. Everyone, if you didn't know that, that is Mickey's voice that does the intro. But, yeah, I, I think in in that way, being an ear, and I want to kind of focus on that for a little bit. I think youth ministry, in youth ministry and with youth leaders, sometimes we think that we have to do all this other stuff, right? Um, we can compare ourselves sometimes to other people and say, we need to be more active, need to be more active to be effective. But sometimes the most effective thing you can do is listen. And so Nate mentioned that, um, with his daughter and, and my wife, who is one of the best listeners. She's the best. One of the best listeners. And it's God, God, you know, he has a sense of humor when he put Mickey and I together. We're like the polar opposites. (laughs) Um, you know, I like to talk a lot and, and Mickey just definitely has a gift for listening. And if you did not know that was a gift, now you do. That is a gift. So now we're going to ask the final two questions of our podcast. And it's going to be in, in relation to um, a parent who's volunteering. I had someone say to me um, years ago, and actually when I started youth ministry, wow, this is crazy. This just came back to me. I just became youth pastor uh, for the first time. This was years ago. And I went to somebody who I really respected, and I still do, um, and he's a, a, a pastor in this city. He was youth president um, for the state for years uh, in the UPC. And I sat down with him because he had so much success in youth ministry. And I said, okay, can you? T- wh- how do you do this? What do you do? And that's one thing, I, again, I want to stop on a side note and encourage all of our youth pastors and youth leaders, never think you know everything wow. when you start because – the facts are you don't, you know, I mean, and I, I emphasize when you start, because I think as young men, you know, we feel at 21 or 20, 19, you know, hey, we can do it. We got energy. We can do anything. We know everything. And at some point, if you don't learn it, then you're going to learn it in a very hard way later in life. And thankfully, that was something that I was able to understand. And that was any new endeavor that I do. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, God blessed me with this opportunity. So I'm going to go find somebody who does it really well. And I'm going to ask them, hey, what do you do? Right, when right. when I was appointed a sectional leader, um, I did not go into it saying, well, I can do it. You know, I know everything about this. It's simple. It's easy. No, I immediately knew who had been doing it for years and who had been successful at it, called him up and said, hey, what do I do? What, what's best practices? What What shouldn't I do? And I believe God blessed my wife and I with a lot of success as a sectional leader because of that. And then also when I became a youth pastor, I immediately went to this individual. I talked to several, actually, but he was one of them. And I was talking to him about, hey, what do you do? How how do I do this? You know, I I had been a volunteer in youth ministry. It wasn't like I wasn't not around it. Mm -hmm. 
but I just knew that there's things that I need to be taught and I needed to learn as much as I could. You know, there's other things you're going to learn through experience, but there's some things that you need to just go and have humility and say, teach me, show me. And so I did. I asked him that. And one of the things he said to me was about building a youth team. And, you know, he said to me in that moment, we met at P.F. Chang's and he said to me in that moment, never devalue the older saints when it comes to them being a part of the youth ministry. Now, Nate, so, I'm, not, I'm not calling you an older saint, um, but what at the time, the gray hairs fool you. I know at the time though, I was like, I was 21. And so I was like, I am not having a 50 year old on my youth team like this. No. And, and I'll be honest with you, even at my time, um, at, at the church that I was at, doing youth pastoring for the first time, a lot of my youth team was young adults. I didn't have anyone who was, who was older. And, um, and as we went on there, we did have somebody who came on, but they played kind of a, a side role. They weren't actively involved. And here though, at Christ Tabernacle, Nate, when he came a part of the team, I really didn't know what to expect because I had never had someone of his age. I did not say old right. or old, but of his age. <laughs> I'm not 50. He's I'm not, 50. <laughs> he's not, no, he's not 50. But it, afterwards, when I look back, hindsight being 2020, your contribution to the youth team, your perspective, and even the perspective that you have from your age, and also furthermore being a parent, added mm-hmm. so much to the team that, yeah, it makes me wish if I could go back um, when I first started of maybe I would have done some things differently when it came to that first team that I had, but it reminded me of that conversation I had with that mentor or that, that, that minister, um, who gave me that advice. And I remember when you came a part of the team, it all came back to me what that advice, what that advice was. So we're going to end this with two questions. I'm going to ask Nate and it, it's a t- two part question is really what I should okay. say. And it's this, it's what are the pros and cons of parents volunteering on their church's youth team, the pros and the cons? Okay, um, I think one of the positives that I absolutely love and part of my master plan in joining the youth team is to, one, uh, have some input on what, um, their, in, what their spiritual intake is, have some, some input in directing and possibly steering and, <clears throat> excuse me, planting seeds, I guess, into things that, that may not have been looked at. Um, and then also, I guess that's a twofold um, thing. And then the other thing is a lot of times you'll come home and you te- you ask your teenager, how was your day? Yeah, it's good. What'd you do today? Ah, nothing. <laughs> and you, same thing with church. How was church? That ah, was good. What'd you do? Ah, you know. So this kind of helps you um, still get some kind of insight on what they're doing. Those are the positives. Um, the cons, I guess, um, and I guess this is something that's really important, is knowing when to back off, not being so involved to where um, you're choking the life out of them. Um, one thing that I really wanted to focus on was to have input, but then to not be present a lot um, because they wouldn't be able to be themselves, really, with the parent always there for events or for services and you know, it's just finding that right balance of input and then output. <laughs> yeah. And to Nate's point, 
you know, when, when he got on board and we have a youth application, we talked about that in our first podcast, he was very upfront. He goes, this is the areas that I, that I want to help in. And these are the areas, this is how much I feel I should be involved. And he had this conversation with me privately. He goes, this is how much I feel like I should be involved. Um, so that I won't be a hindrance to my kids receiving what they need to receive, you know, so it doesn't turn into, Oh, my dad's always here. Yeah. Staying out of the group text, stay out of it. <laughs> and um, he's refer- we have a, a youth uh, group text, um, and I would recommend using the app Band because it did work very well for a time of keeping everybody in touch. But yeah, uh, that's one of them. I know one thing in particular. Nate was our he was the our worship leader really um, before Darima became a part right. of the team uh, for the youth. He we would br- I would have him come in because he has acoustic. He's really amazing at the acoustic. He would come in on the last Wednesday every every month and and lead a song, and 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 the kids would sing, and I remember we had talked about I think potentially doing it weekly, but Nate brought up that point saying, you know what, if I'm there every week, you know I don't want my <laughs> kids to think you know, oh there's dad again, you know he's here every week, oh, you know I can't terrible. find some time to take a break, right? I can't get away from this man, right? So it doesn't matter where I go, home, church, everywhere. But yeah, and and I thank you for that, um, giving your insight when it came to how much you wanted to be involved, and we worked with it. And so Nate, he would drive a van. Nate would be a ref for game night when we would do Nerf Wars, and so all of those things were very integral. They were very important. And so I want to encourage anyone who's listening. You know, don't ever rule out if a parent comes to you and wants to be a part of what it is that you're doing. And wants to be a part of the youth team. And even if they do have a master plan, as they had, <laughs> um, because they can be a great asset to what it is that you're doing. And they can, and, I, and Nate mentioned it too. He said, give insight. There was insight he would bring to the table in our youth meetings that nobody else at the table could bring because we weren't parents of teenagers and things to consider that no one else would have thought of. And so it helped us to have a better program all around and all together. And so again, Heed the advice that I was given quicker than what I did. You know, there is value in those older saints, no offense, Nate, um, and in those parents to be able to help do what it is that God has called you to do. And so thank you, Nate, for being a part of this podcast. I appreciate this. This was fun. We got to do it again. And I, I think I'm going to label this part one because I think there's a lot that we left out. Yeah, there's 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 other things. But we'll we'll we'll, we'll do it. We'll do a part two. And again, thank you guys for listening and thank you for sharing this and getting the word out and we'll see you next week.